0: This is the She Dares to Travel podcast, and I am your host, Raquella Pollack. After spending a decade managing the number one travel agency in Canada, I am now here to connect you to women that are taking the travel industry by storm, as well as female business professionals that also have a passion for travel, just like me. We are here to inspire, uplift, and motivate you to not only follow, but plan out your dreams no matter where in the world they may be. And of course, this wouldn't be possible without our sponsor, Staples Studio, where I am currently recording from. Check them out on their website, studio.staples.ca. It truly is a new approach to co-working with community at its heart. There's access to hot desks, meeting and event spaces all across North America. So thank you, Staples Studio, for connecting us and sponsoring this podcast. And thank you for listening. Enjoy, be sure to subscribe and follow along. Hello, all you daredevils out there, Raquelah here, She Dares to Travel podcast, and today we are getting real. We're getting real about something that maybe a lot of people might not want to be talking about, and that's just all about exploring our emotions. Things like brain health, anxiety, depression, and of course, we're talking about travel, because sometimes those things actually do go hand in hand. Today's guest, I am very excited about, is Cindy Shaw. Not only is she one of my clients that has traveled extensively all over the world, but she is also the CEO of Headways Performance Group. She is a certified neuro-linguistic practitioner, a hypnotherapist, and a brain health coach. I am excited to share her story with you, and thank you so much, Cindy, for taking the time with me today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so
0: excited to be a part of this. I appreciate it a ton. So go ahead and just start by telling us a bit about yourself, where you grew up, how you came to be in Kelowna here. Sure.
1: Well, I actually grew up in Alberta, just outside of Edmonton. And I lived there for 32 years. And literally one day, my husband thought we were coming to Kelowna to go golfing. And I had different plans. <laughs> I knew that I wanted to live here. He's originally from Vernon. So I would come back with our kids during the summer and then I, to stay at his mom's house. And then I'd go back to Edmonton and I'd be like, why do we live here? And he's like, <laughs> um, because of work. <laughs> so there was an opportunity where he was finishing up a contract, he was gonna take some time off. And so I figured it was my perfect opportunity to pick up and move. So I researched the area I wanted to live in Kelowna. I researched the school for my kids. I found 20 houses to look at. I arranged the um, real estate agent. And so when we got off the plane, he still thought we were going golfing. And I said, no, we're moving. And he's like, what? And I just said, and you know what, this is a testament to my husband, Mm -hmm. I just said, you know what, I just feel in my heart and my gut instinct that this is the right thing for us to do and for our family. And he said, Okay, I I trust your gut instinct. Let's do it. Wow. So, yeah, so fortunately, we found a house that weekend. And we went home and told everyone we were moving. And no one had a clue because I didn't tell anyone. That
0: is so fun. I feel like so many people that live in Kelowna originally are not from here. So it's a lot of stories like that. They're like, oh, I was just coming up for a weekend or I was trying to see, but good for you for taking the initiative. All right.
1: Yeah. You know what? I was just ready to get out of the colder weather. I needed somewhere a little bit warmer. And you know what? It's been quite the journey being here. We've been here 13 years now and I love it.
0: Oh, good. I agree. I've been here 10. I, yeah, absolutely love it here. Prior to becoming the CEO of Headway's Performance Group, did you do any schooling or training or have any other jobs leading up to that?
1: Well, yeah, when we were living in Edmonton, it was funny because my background's actually in marketing and that's how I met my husband. We actually worked at the same company. When I moved here, I knew, so prior to moving here for five years, I actually had a training company. So in Edmonton, I developed a six-week program for women, and I taught it five times a year. And it was all about teaching women how to take control of their inner world, so their thinking, um, their limiting beliefs, and then really redirecting their thinking in such a way that they became empowered and that they took the actions that they needed to whether it was setting boundaries, whether it was setting goals, whether it was having tough conversations or, you know, just getting really clear about what they wanted and maybe putting themselves first. So I developed this program. I taught it for six weeks um, each time. And then when we moved to Kelowna, there just wasn't the population base mm-hmm. because they went from a million people to 100,000 people. And so my only option at that time was then to start traveling if I wanted to teach my course. And with two little girls that were just starting school, I decided not to. Um, and so I focused my intention on really helping my company build a, or helping my husband build out a couple other companies. So I did a lot of his uh, sales and marketing for a couple years. And then I just had a very small marketing consulting business here as well.
0: Very nice. How did then that translate into the study of brain health?
1: Well, you know what? I had studied, you know, I spent tens of thousands of dollars and I spent 20 years studying mind and mindset and how to create that successful mindset. And, you know, we did really, we've done really well for ourselves because of that mindset. However, starting in my early twenties, I started to experience depression and I would get it seasonally. But at the time, I didn't realize what it was. Like literally every February, I would spend every day afterwards falling my eyes out. And my husband would be like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. I guess it's just my spiritual cleansing. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I must have the emotions I need to release. So I'm releasing them. And then they would go away. And then probably about three, four years into that kind of pattern, my cousins actually told me, and you know, this is something about what even happens in families is no one talks about mental health Absolutely. and the struggles that they have. And so, you know, I'd had these depressive episodes and my cousins were like, um, yeah, we all have seasonal affective disorder. And I'm like, what? Like no one ever mentioned that to me. I didn't know there was a name for what I was going through. So that." first was the thing that tweaked me that, okay, you know, I'm going through something that I am not able to control just through my mindset. And then after I had both my girls, and they're really close in age, they're only 11 and a half months apart. I think my hormones just got completely screwed up because <laughs> I literally had two babies in one year. And, um, and then I experienced postpartum depression. And that was awful. And that time I actually went to my doctor and they put me on a, an antidepressant, which at that point, honestly helped me. Mm-hmm. And I've been on the same antidepressant for almost 20 years, and it still helped me baseline. Mm-hmm. And so how this leads into brain health is about, I'm going to say five, six years ago, I had such debilitating brain fog that... I would wake up and by lunchtime, I couldn't even remember a, what time I woke up at, if I'd wow. had breakfast or what I'd had for breakfast. It was awful. And I was starting to get really scared. I joke, though, that, like, I was probably the best wife to be married to at that time because <laughs> nothing my husband did ever pissed me off for long, because exactly. I can remember. <laughs> uh huh. flip uh-huh. side, I'm sure my kids took advantage of me. and was like, yeah, you, you didn't pay us allowance last <laughs> exactly, week. Exactly, right? I'd be like, oh, okay, clever. here you go. <laughs> yeah, very clever. Uh-huh. So it started to concern me to the point where I went to my doctor and... You know, they sent me for a CT scan and it showed nothing. Nothing was wrong with me. So then I started going to a naturopath and we analyzed my DNA to see if I had perhaps the genes for, because I thought maybe I had early onset Alzheimer's and I do have a gene, but it doesn't put me at any higher risk. Now, at that same time, my daughter, um, my youngest daughter was in grade seven, eight, nine, and it was so painful to watch her because she would come home from school every night and she would sit looking at her books and what should have taken, you know, 10, 20 minutes to write a paragraph would take her two hours. Oh wow. And she would sit there and then she'd start crying and then she'd be like, I'm stupid. I can't do this. And all of the negative self-talk. And here I am someone who, you know, taught women how to take control of their negative self talk. I could not change her thinking like, and anything I said would just make it worse. And she'd get into this negative spiral and this negative thinking loop. And finally, you know, going into grade 10, I was like, Oh my gosh, I am so concerned for her that this kid's going to commit suicide from the stress of high school. And so I took her, I got her tested. She got diagnosed with ADHD and anxiety And, you know, a common thing with attention deficit disorder and hyperactivity disorder is that we often, many girls go undiagnosed because we often think that it's only hyper little boys that suffer from ADD or ADHD, and it's not the case. Girls go undiagnosed because they have trouble focusing and they may daydream, but they're not hyperactive. So I didn't know anything about this. So I started educating myself on anxiety and ADHD because the medications that the doctor or the, what the doctor had put her on, she was having awful side effects too. She couldn't eat, she couldn't sleep, and it just made almost everything seem worse than it was prior. So I started looking into the work of a doctor down in the United States by the name of Dr. Daniel Amen, and everything he said made sense to me. because he reinforced the idea that mental health is not just about your psyche or your thinking. There is a true biological aspect to it. So it's not just psychological or social. There is biological um, factors that play into it. And so I started to learn that her anxiety and ADHD, that there's many different types of anxiety and ADHD because they affect different different parts of your brain which is why not all medication will work for all people because it's not necessarily being targeted to that person's specific brain and the area that's either overactive or underactive. And in my case with the brain fog, I started having awful anxiety as well. And so once I started learning what I could do to help heal our brains, our lives completely changed. Like my brain fog Mm. disappeared, I got my memory back. I got my energy back. Um, And for my daughter, probably the best thing was, like, she rocked it in high school. She became literally a different person once I was able to put her on the right supplements for her brain type and make the changes that we needed to make um, to help support her brain. And so she wouldn't get into those negative thinking loops and she wouldn't get into that negative spiral. And she was able to shift gears because part of her brain that was overactive was like her gear shifter, her anterior cingulate gyrus. So she was able to shift gears and to refocus and it made a world of difference. She graduated happy. She graduated with honors and honestly grade 10-11-12 were some of the best years that she's ever had. Wow. Good, yeah. good for you
0: for taking the initiative to find out more information and to really try to d- dissect, if you will, for lack of a better word, but what it is, f- what brain health is. And exactly like you said, it's, it's kind of a faux pas. There's a lot of people that don't talk about it or many of us that don't really have it or we think it's just stress. Oh, it's fine. And we kind of chalk it up to we'll be fine. We'll just keep plowing through and move forward instead mm-hmm. of actually stopping to see what's going on. Wow. Sounds like she had a great year. (laughs) Great, uh, She did. And you know what?
1: She went off traveling on her own. Like last year, she, you know, turned 18, graduated, saved up and went to Australia. And this was a kid that I was so concerned about that I wouldn't let out of my sight because I was so worried for her and her mental well-being. And she totally transformed. Once we were able to get the biological under control, you know, and then it influenced the psychological. Mm-hmm. And, and that's yeah. and that's really the thing that I talk to people about is saying that mental health is, you know, a lot of people feel like there's something wrong with them, that mm-hmm. they aren't doing something right, that there's a flaw. But we would never shame someone or make someone feel bad if their kidneys didn't work right, yeah, or if their liver didn't work right. Well, in this case, with mental health issues, it's actually brain health issues and so once we get the brain working right and we're able to help heal that you know or and balance out the brain it can make a world of difference and it's not about your personality or willpower or that there's something wrong with you it's that the organ just needs to be healed
0: yeah It's the brain is such a powerful tool that we have. And I really do feel it doesn't get enough attention sometimes. So it's incredible that you are studying that and you have studied that and you're moving forward to help a lot of people with it, too. And I know in um, your studies and your trainings, you also had worked uh, with Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. What would you say would be the most important thing that you've learned from his teachings?
1: Well, I think that an important thing, and, you know, I took his trainings and stuff like early on in my personal development journey. So this was like 25 years ago. And I would say at that time, one of the most important things that I learned was that we do have a lot of power in terms of how we feel, that our thinking can influence how we feel. And so if we can change our thinking Then we can change how we feel, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's having a mantra, whether it's thinking of something that you're grateful for, whether it's learning to calm yourself down when you're in a stressful mode or something, Mm -hmm. all of those then influence how you feel. But the reason that they, and this is, so that was like a core piece. What I've learned since then, especially around a brain health, is that when our brain is either overactive or underactive, that influences the thoughts we think, which then influences how we feel. So it's kind of like the step before. Mm-hmm. So it's not just our thinking controls our destiny. It's like, no, our brain and our brain health determines how we think and then can determine how we feel. So it was definitely a profound teaching at the time that changed my life in a positive direction however what I found is I had to go deeper because I was like I know all this stuff I've been learning it for 20 some years I've pretty much got it mastered and I still feel crappy I still can't remember my best friend's name. I still can't get my daughter to stop obsessing over how stupid she is Mm -hmm. so there has to be something more So that's where I had to take the deeper dive.
0: Very, very true. And so good that you did because it sounds like you really are helping a ton of people out there to understand this more thoroughly. With all of the training and the learning and uh, courses and obviously running a company,
1: when have you found time to travel? Oh, you know what? I'm so fortunate because I get to do a lot of stuff online. And my husband works from home as well. And so we are blessed that we can just take our computers and go. So nice. that has been awesome. Now, 2020 has been an unusual year, Ooh, to say, to the, say least. the least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what we did? We have found some ways to travel. And it's been awesome because this just this past summer, we did a home exchange with another family from Whistler.
0: I love so, that
1: idea just here in British Columbia. So we swapped houses and it was great because we just got out of our environment, right? Like I think the whole thing with traveling is just about getting out of your day-to-day routine. And that's what makes it so much more fun Mm -hmm. and exciting and going and trying different restaurants, going and looking at different stores. Now, granted, we had to do that with a mask on and we limited, you know, our contacts with people but it was just so nice to be able to get out it's true and like yeah and it, it does make a huge difference in how you feel
0: Oh, huge difference to the point where back in March when uh, I really like going to spin classes and they had to shut down because, of course, everything Uh was shutting down. And it it was at the point where I'm like, oh, I was just getting in the groove. What can I do? And then someone said, you know, just go outside and feel uh, the earth beneath your feet and go for walks. So it was a lot of walks, hikes, getting outside and trying to see a different view that I haven't seen before just to really help with my own mental health, really.
1: Oh, exactly. And there's so much to be said about just being outside in nature. And I think we've forgotten that. I mean, as a human species for thousands, I mean, tens of thousands of years, we did not live in the houses we live in now. We didn't have a heat. We didn't have this separation. We lived in small, tight, little communities, mostly, you know, out in nature. And so I think that, you know, It's a disservice. I I mean, granted, I love the life I have and I love my home and the comforts of it. However, on the flip side, we forgot that connection, that connection to the earth, the connection to the beauty of nature, the connection of flow in nature. And I think it's really important for our well-being, for our mental, emotional and physical well-being to get outside and to Mm -hmm. to just be outside and breathe that fresh air.
0: Exactly. That was a lot of the reason why my husband and I travel. We, would, we, you know, working in the travel industry, we were fortunate enough to go away two to three times a year. And that was our escape. That was our release. We would do the grind, work, 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 work while we're here. And then we would escape with traveling. And it actually uh-huh. got to the point where I remember one year my husband was like, oh, he's like, you know, it's great that we do all this. It's fantastic. But can't we also be enjoying our home too? And I'm like, well, that's a very good point. (laughs) You know, you you feel that sense (laughs) of, of right? Like, (laughs) duh, (laughs) I know. I know. Like something so simple really, really can affect. And I think now more than ever, because, you know, borders are closed, travel looks completely different than it was before. It's a a really good reminder that we can still explore outside and and try to get that feeling like we're traveling. And I've loved over the years being your travel agent. So I know I booked you, <laughs> <laughs> I've booked you to gorgeous Bora Bora before but where else have you traveled to because
1: I know you've done a lot oh, of traveling my goodness. yeah so we have gone to Africa Turkey uh France you know the usual Mexico in the United States um I've been to Australia four times now um I'm trying to think oh Bora Bora I mean really mm-hmm. oh. that was on my vision board oh that nice. little yeah. yes Yes, you know, that little grass thatched hut over top of the water yeah. was on my vision board, so I was pretty darn happy that I was able to go do that last December with my husband. Um, yeah, we've had some great trips, and we're looking forward to some more in when, the you know in the future when the world gets back up and running. So, but in the meantime, we've just been traveling around British Columbia.
0: Nice. It's so beautiful on the West Coast here.
1: We have so many different things to
0: see and enjoy. With your travels, where would you say your favorite trip has been so far?
1: Oh, I would say, well, Bora Bora is, you know, unique, and that was pretty phenomenal and once in a lifetime. However, I would say my favorite trip of all times has been Turkey. And we went for two weeks with some friends, and we traveled up and down the coast and Istanbul, and it was phenomenal phenomenal
0: wow i've only been to turkey briefly it was on a a pit stop on a cruise and we did kushadasi did you go to that
1: oh yes we went to kushadasi um ephesus to oh gosh i can't even remember anymore but Istanbul, we were there for about you know four or five days and i have to say it was probably my favorite because of the culture Mm -hmm. the history and the food I mean, the food was everything. The food so many flavors. Was the, best, <laughs> the best food we have ever ate anywhere in the world.
0: Wow. That says a lot yes. about
1: Turkey. Mm-hmm. Sure does. You know, and I know that a lot has changed in the last couple of years um, in terms of the geopolitical um, makeup and nature. So we were traveling at a time that it was far more safe, I guess, yeah. at that time. Um but I would recommend it to anyone to go and explore and to do your homework prior to it, like to really learn about the area. Because I didn't, but I really spent after seeing some of the ruins and trips that we took, I came home and I really took a deeper dive into the culture and history, um, yeah. which gave me even that much more of an appreciation of it.
0: Definitely. I've done that, too, before, where where I've gone just wanting to enjoy and see, and then I kind of research about it afterwards. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's so interesting. I did see that. Or on the flip side, doing the research beforehand, too. I think either way is a great way to explore and understand another culture. Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. So then out of all your travels, what would you say your
1: funniest travel story has been? Oh, well, (laughs) this has to be in Africa. So I did not go very well prepared to Africa because I thought it's Africa. It must be hot. It's July. Well, not true. (laughs) It was actually very cold and we climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. So I did have some warmer clothes with me. So that was pretty cool. Um, But we were on a safari and I did not bring a lot of pants with me. I literally had one pair that was, you know, a zip off that turned into shorts and I think, one pair of capri pants that was it because i thought it's africa it should be hot so i brought dresses and shorts um big mistake so we were in um i'm going to say morangora i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right the crater anyhow we were doing this trip we're in the middle of this jungle forest area and there's baboons and monkeys everywhere and so i of course to wash my pants and it wasn't easy it wasn't the same sort of kind of service that we find here where you could just ring up the front desk and be like oh could I please have my clothes washed no um so I was washing everything by hand in the sink and in our bedroom we had a sliding glass door a balcony door and it was just a juliet balcony so you couldn't step out on it but there was just a, a railing that went across it so I'd washed my pants and I hung both pairs out there mm-hmm. and in the morning my husband's like tapping me and he's like Cindy Cindy a monkey's got your pants and I'm like <laughs> what <laughs> I'm like what and he's like look the monkey's got your pants and so I look and here's this monkey with two little babies and she's like dangling my pants over and I'm like oh my gosh if she takes my pants I have nothing else to wear like I am so seriously who oh. so I get up and I'm like kind of kind of hit the door to get her to go away and she's having none of it and she's still dangling my pants and she's hissing at me and um finally she lets them go and they fall on the Juliet balcony still
0: oh, and no. she turns
1: around and she walks like about three feet away to her baby so I quickly open the sliding glass door grab the pants and slam the door shut Meanwhile, she literally, I say she went eight, she <laughs> lost it. She turned around and flung herself at the door. Oh my God. And I'd walked away from the door. And she, they know how to open the patio doors because that's one of the things that they do. They go into the rooms and, and steal more pants, create chaos and steal more <laughs> pants and other yeah. stuff. So, you know, when I went to get my shots, they're like, Would you like a rabies shot in case you're bit by a monkey? And I'm like, um, so, so, so why specific. would I ever be close enough to a monkey to get bit by it? Yeah. I'm good thing. <laughs> like that doesn't actually
0: happen, okay? But clearly yeah. it does.
1: <laughs> or it can. Clearly, oh it
0: can happen. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I'm so glad that you got to keep your pants. Very important. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> monkeys are really, really clever to the point where I, I, we were in Bali and we went to one of the temples and I remember our guide was like, make sure you keep your valuables on you. Watch out for the monkeys. We're like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> sure enough, we see this tour group taking a photo and a monkey's creeping up behind them and a guy took off his sunglasses, held them down next to his like legs. For the photo, monkey comes up, snatches the sunglasses, and takes off. But
1: I was like, whoa, it's true. (laughs) They're thieves. Yep, never to be seen again. (laughs) No, gone.
0: Oh, it's so clever. So I've got to ask then, with the travels, and obviously this story is a very funny one, but have you ever uh, had very bad anxiety while traveling before? You
1: know what? Fortunately, no.
0: Oh, that's Um, really good.
1: Yeah, I I find that my anxiety is more related to what's happening in my life at the time where, you know, whether it's my children, something going on with them or with our businesses, I find that it's very specific to that. And so I've had to learn strategies on how to best support my brain and my mental well-being. Fortunately, it's never happened while traveling, although there have been, you know, anxious moments, you know, when Mm -hmm. you're trying to catch a flight and things like that. But I think that's just common stress that a lot of us experience. Yeah. Um, but not while traveling. I've just experienced it outside of traveling. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. I can relate on that aspect too, because traveling has actually been a very calming thing for me. Um, I, I'm a very prepared planner. I mean, I've been a travel agent for so many years, so mm-hmm. I like to plan things, of course. So that, I think, helps curb any anxiousness that does come up. Um, but I do know, like, I'll, I'll share a bit about my story that happened this year with anxiety and mental health. And beginning of the year when COVID-19 hit and on the Canadian border were closing mid-March and we had like a week not even to get everybody home that I would say was was probably the most no it was actually the most difficult time in my career as a travel agent and I've actually I'm not one to really feel anxiety before or get really wrapped up in my emotions and being a travel agent is a very stressful job. Of course, yeah. it's very fun, but it's stressful. Like I've managed large teams, we have clients that are stranded. You have people yelling. The list goes on and on. But when, when we were called to bring, you know, more than twenty thousand Canadians home in less than a week, that's wow. when the emotions hit me. And yeah. I gotta say, I felt every single f and emotion that came down. When that happened, and it, they weren't any of the good ones; they were the ones right. of, of fear, and panic, and and full on self doubt to the point where every single day I would open up my computer and my head would start to reverberate because I would just feel all those emotions at the same time, and I I felt like I, I felt like I couldn't control my job and I was ultimately failing at it. It it's incredible how powerful yeah. our brain is, especially when we only focus on those emotions and it was a real life nightmare or as, fl- or as travel agents call it a flightmare is what it is <laughs> and it, this was real life flightmare that happened and yes. I just I, I in a way, I'm very grateful still for the experience, but it was it was dark and it was very hard for me. I had I even had to take time off work. Uh, the, you know, doctor's orders, the stress yeah. and the emotion that I was feeling, and I get very emotional thinking about it right now because that fear and panic and that self doubt that you tell yourself and you constantly are telling yourself every day you're a failure. It's real, mm-hmm. and you your body then takes that on and you start to get physically stressed because of things like that, but I I, I blew my mind and it's taken, you know, it took a while to get out of that, but I am very grateful for that happening
1: because if that didn't happen, you know, we wouldn't be here today. So exactly. Exactly. And you know, unfortunately what people don't realize is just even our everyday stresses, Mm -hmm. they can start to build up to a point where we have a breaking point. I mean, sometimes you have a large scale event, you know, like what you experienced that just, tips you over oh yeah but what it does is it what anxiety and and usually and this is what a lot of people don't realize is that anxiety and depression are related they occur together 75 percent of the time and so your how you experience anxiety could be very different than how I experience anxiety because of the different regions of our brain and there's five specific different regions and depending on whether or not that region gets overactive or is underactive determines the um, symptoms you're going to experience so this is why understanding what type of anxiety you have is so important because there's different things that you can do to manage each of them like for instance if you are having panic attacks um, that is a that affects a very different region of your brain than say if you are in experiencing anxiety and depression together so those are two different parts of your brain so understanding what part of your brain is being affected or is being affected by the stress because really it's a lack of control right that just viral yeah um but then it can lead to other things like depression because like I said they're they're very intimately connected with each other. So then, learning ways to support yourself through the specific type of anxiety that you're experiencing is critical to coming out of it in a more positive way. It's so
0: interesting and very true. And I, I truly have no idea what anxiety I was having at the beginning of this year but with the panic and everything all coming in at once I'd started to do after a while I started to do research and I just basically started reading blogs online I was on Pinterest I downloaded the calm app which I absolutely love and that really helped just shift my perspective and my mindset and my, my one of my best friends always tells me she's like hey Raquel it's all about perspective and it's true you can choose to have your pause the positive perspective or you can choose to have the negative one and your brain really relies so heavily on which one you choose that your body gets so affected by it it's
1: incredible absolutely and there's a lot of things that can lead to our anxiety and depression that are outside of stress for instance like head injuries head injuries are so um detrimental to your well-being you know and a lot of people don't think about oh yeah when I was five I fell off that swing and You know, my mom told me that I lost consciousness for a couple minutes, but I don't remember it. Well, that can affect your brain for the rest of your life. That could set, that could cause a part of your brain to start to be underactive and not get the right amount of blood flow to it, which is now going to create all sorts of problems for you or what you eat. Food plays such a huge role in our mood. So knowing what foods to eat, if you have anxiety, depression, ADHD, or, you know, OCD, all of these things, all are part of a piece of the puzzle. And you, you know, you can address one part and maybe it solves the problem for a little bit, which is what often people do with medication, right? So, so what it's doing is it it kind of puts the bandaid on. You're not getting to the root cause of what? causing that in the first place and then other problems will just start to appear in your life yeah and so people don't realize that oh now my anxiety causes me to drink too much mm-hmm. and now you have someone who starts to become an alcoholic or it causes me to make bad food choices yeah and now you're overweight as a result or you're you know pre-diabetic so all of this is a system like our body is not divided up into I know like you go to a doctor, you go to a heart doctor, you go to a liver doctor, to a a specialist on that part, but actually we're a complete system that's a symphony that all works together. So, you know, while you might be able to fix one part, you may be ignoring all the other aspects that need to be looked after. And so if they're not being looked after, other symptoms are going to appear or other other things are going to start happening in your body and in your mind as a result of not addressing the core root cause.
0: And that's just it. And especially like we said earlier, too. It's it's such a faux pas. It's something that a lot of people don't talk about and I know that there's no embarrassment in it. I'm I'm happy to tell people what I went through and and how it has affected my life and knowing what I know now, I know that I will never allow myself to be that wrapped up in my emotions again by trying to mm-hmm. control them because what I was trying to do back in the beginning of the year was control my emotions and trying to control the situation I was in. I was I was was single-handedly trying to control COVID-19 and travel yeah. like come on <laughs> I'm not even a scientist I don't know what I was thinking <laughs> like get a grip Raquel like choose your battles <laughs> but like I, I, but that's what I was doing in in you know when I reflect on it I was trying to control a situation that was uncontrollable and the moment I was able to release that and let go and tell myself it's okay slowly things started to change in the right direction
1: Exactly. And I think, too, by even having this conversation, like when I tell people I have suffered from depression and have had anxiety, um, they're like, what? You do? Because I'm pretty much an outgoing, you know, I'm an extrovert, but also not, you know, uh, an introvert. But people would never expect that from me if they were just to look at me or to look at my life. And that's the thing. I mean, one out of Two people in Canada will either experience a mental health disorder or what I refer to as a brain health disorder or know someone who does that's in their close family. So yeah. 50% of us. Wow. And yet we still don't talk about it. We and don't. we still think that it is something to do with character and that there's something wrong with yes. you mentally yes. and emotionally. But we have to look at the whole thing, and that's why I really address like the emotional, the psychological, but also the biological, and spiritual. Like they're, they're the four circles are really important to addressing, to move forward, and to be mentally well. Exactly. It's true. I've,
0: I get very much the same thing because I'm very much like you, very outgoing. Um, you know, I can come across as quite confident. And I've had people come up to me, oh, you you probably don't get anxiety ever. And I'm like, well, funny story. Let me tell you about, <laughs> you know, COVID-19 and travel because yeah. that, you're right, pushed me over the edge. So with With all of the tools that we can have, the biological aspect's really, really intriguing to me. And that's something Mm -hmm. I haven't even tried to explore online or look further into. Is that something that um, at Headway's performance group that you guys do and dive into?
1: Oh, definitely. So I actually have a 12-week program where I take people through what I consider are the key elements to restoring your brain health. But then we, so the way I like to explain it to people is, you have your hardware and you have your software. Your brain is the hardware of a computer. And it is the one that's running the show. And then your mindset is your software. But if your hardware isn't optimized, and it's just like if you have a phone, right? As mm-hmm. your phone gets older, it, gets, it opens up slower. Starts it starts to, to drop calls. Yeah. It starts to lag, right? <laughs> you, ha- you have to defrag your computer. <laughs> well, the same happens with our, our brain, mind, and body. Like, if our hardware is not optimized, it affects our software, which is our thinking and our feelings. So I really work with people in optimizing their hardware. And the way that I start doing that is through a really in-depth analysis of their brain type, their specific brain type. And so then it gives me an indication as to the parts of their brain that can be either overactive or underactive and then we can determine what needs to be done to balance their specific brain. It's not a one size fits all um, approach, because there's different foods that affect different brains. You know, some brains do really well on a ketogenic diet, other brains, they should not be on a ketogenic diet. Interesting. Um, yeah. So knowing what foods, To eat, knowing what activities you should be doing that your brain's going to respond best to, Um, knowing the best kind of stress relieving activities for your specific brain is what's really important. So I take a very targeted um, and natural approach to healing one's brain. And then I teach all of the things that can support that, that include, you know, diet, exercise, stress management. Knowing your numbers because a lot of brain health and mental health disorders are related to hormones, to toxicity levels in your body and so forth. So real, but low vitamin D can be, can cause depression. Mm -hmm. Um, so really understanding those numbers and then really building on like the social connections. So those are all things that support your brain. And once we have your brain well-supported and working great, then it's so much easier to get control of your mindset. You're not working against yourself then. And so then I teach the mindset skills of how to change your thinking, how to change, I call it NAT, negative automatic thoughts, to PATs, which are productive, affirmative thoughts. And it requires a level of awareness and a level of realizing that, oh, I can change my thoughts. And then I teach them teach people tools on how to specifically do that.
0: Very, very neat. I, it's so yeah. important. It really is. I love what you're doing. I think it's something that we can all benefit from, especially after a year, this year, 2020, which 2020 is like that movie with Will Ferrell, where he's like, I'm in a glass case of emotion. This <laughs> is 2020. We are literally in a glass case of emotion, every single one of us. Yes. This is it. This yes, is it. all so of I, us, collectively. We, we are collectively. It's that whole hashtag. We're in this together. But I think it's important that you're doing what you do. Where can people find you social media website what's the best way to connect
1: yeah so um you know I'm on Instagram LinkedIn Facebook and my website is headwaysgroup.com and you can find me on Instagram with that too and I believe on Facebook and LinkedIn um LinkedIn is just under my own profile Cindy Shaw but I do offer a free 20-minute training that's all about the five shifts that you can make to start healing your brain, shifting your mood, and feeling better fast. So I always direct people to go and watch that video. It's only 20 minutes long, um, but you're going to grab and get some really good information to start you on that journey of caring for your brain and really shifting your mental well-being. So yeah, it's just headwaysgroup.com. You can check it out and the pre training is right on the homepage there.
0: Perfect. I will make sure to put the link in with the episode details as well. And I just want to thank you, Cindy, so much for your time, your knowledge, your calming insight. And, of course, your travel stories are a ton of fun, too. (laughs) 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 They're so fun. They're inspiring. But I do. I do feel that what you're doing to help others through a very difficult, uh, confusing, hard time with brain health is what really is so inspiring. So thank you again for talking to me today.
1: Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to share, you know, my knowledge around brain health, but also my funny stories. So I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) I love it. I absolutely love it. It is so important to nurture your emotional intelligence and really just understand the thoughts and the feelings that we have so that our emotions don't take over us. It's not easy Mm -hmm. by any means. It is a constant work in progress for everyone, but obviously take it from me. I've been there. I've done it. I know it's doable and it still takes time and it's every single day you work towards improving and you can also get great help from people like Cindy, as well as just taking the time to slow down, be present and really uh, take in all that is going on. I know travel has been a roller coaster this year. I cannot wait to be exploring the world again. But in the meantime, we of course can explore our emotions and know that whatever emotion we're in, it's okay to feel it. If you like this episode, please subscribe and download any others and leave a review. I really would love hearing from you, what you enjoyed, what your takeaways were, and of course, let me know if there's any aspect of the travel industry you want me to talk about next. You can also search for the hashtag SheDaresToTravelPodcast on Instagram. Comment on the episode's post with any of your questions and I'd love to answer them and hear from you. Enjoy your day, stay so well, and until next time, fly straight.